0: Dallas-Fort
1: Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio.
2: And it's a Friday morning. It's Friday, May 14th. Good to be with you on Catholic Connection here on EWTN. And a big thank you to EWTN and their wonderful team and the team at Carmel Communications for inviting me to host a beautiful live event on EWTN's Facebook page yesterday with Sister Angela. She's a postulator of the cause for Sister Lucia, and I could have spoken with her for literally hours. I had so many questions and really enjoyed the opportunity to interview her. We spoke about her obviously being the postulator for the cause of Sister Lucia. She's also served in the same capacity for Saints Jacinta and Francesco. Fascinating. Her order the religious sisters in which she's involved with, I believe she's a formation director, is all about the message of Fatima. And wait, there's more. When she was a child, get this, how the God works and things come, you know, around full circle. She used to pray at the tombs of the seers as a child. Always loved the message of Fatima. And now she is the postulator for Sister Lucia, right? the oldest of the seers, who passed away in her 90s, the same year of John Paul II. And we also talked about the movie Fatima, which is in theaters now. Anyway, I was really honored. It was fantastic, and we're working on um, getting you on Catholic Connection very, very soon. And we'll talk about that a little bit with Doug when he joins us at 15 minutes past the hour. Doug Keck, our chief operating officer and president, takes time out of his busy schedule every week to let you know ahead of time the inside word and give you an inside scoop on what's going on with all the great programming on the network online and all the great resources we have for you every single day. Okay, at the bottom of the hour, Fact Check Friday, we are going to talk about something near and dear to my heart, World Communications Day statements that come out every year. The theme comes out on January, on the Feast of St. Francis de Sales, January 23rd, and celebrated in May. I spoke about this on Monday on the uh, Sunrise Morning Show with Matt and Annie. And this year, I'll tell you what, this World Communications Day statement hit me right in the gut because it's exactly what I experienced so many times and describes one of the reasons why I left the secular media. There were many, but this one just drove me, uh, you know, to the edge and that was the breaking point. Time after time after time, I would be given an assignment And the news director, the promotions director, the EP executive producer, the assignment editor would say, okay, here's the story we want you to do. Now go there and produce this story. Go to this scene, that scene. And and my response was always, here's a concept. How about, as a reporter, you send me there and I see if this is actually the case before we assume that this is a story, how does that sound? Well, there was a constant argument back and forth. And actually, I wrote a piece for a Catholic World Report on this, which is, uh, I don't know if it's up yet. It wasn't up yet this morning, but Carl Olson told me they're going to be posting it today. Uh, I would really encourage you to uh, to read it, because I'll go into more detail about, about the media there. But this was something that um, really, when I read this World Communications Day statement, hit home with me, because sometimes... I know that that we're so busy and we have our lives and, and we love our faith, but we don't take enough time to sit down and read some of these documents. And the World Communications Day statements, and I've said this forever and I talked about them at great length in my very, very first book many moons ago, Noise, How Our Media Saturated Culture Dominates Lives and Dismantles Families. These World Communications Day nuggets, they're, they're nuggets, little nuggets that we can take in very quickly. They're not very long, these documents. And considering the dominant, dominant position media play in our lives, don't you think it's worth it to see what the church has to say about this? And these writings and teachings from the church are not something in some faraway la-la land that don't apply pla- practically to our everyday lives as Catholics. It's just the opposite. If you were listening earlier this week, uh, we were interviewing, once again, as we always do, once a month, Julian Greg Alexander from the Alexander House for their mornings on marriage. And they were going back to the day when they were able to save their marriage by finally looking at, go figure, what the church said about God's plan for marriage, reading the catechism, reading some of the documents. And when I started my way back to the Catholic Church and realized that there were these treasure troves of information about what I did, media, reporting, I was like, wow, I could have had a VA, where have I been all these years? So anyhow, World Communications Day Statement, Uh, you can just do a Google search for it, World Communications Day Statement 2021. However, we always put the links to our resources on the archive section of Catholic Connection, and you can listen to the interviews again. You can get all the, the resources, and again, the articles and links. Andrew does a great job of putting those up every single day. Normally they're up there by noon. So again, World Communications Day 2021. That'll be my Fact Check Friday. I'm going to share with you a very personal story Something that happened to me and something that I detail in my very first book, Noise, it was really um, a heartbreaking situation and and just really just said, okay, I I just can't do this anymore. Basta, i got to do something else for a living. That was one of the things that happened to me that really kind of put me over the edge. We're going to continue our conversation on the importance of World Communications Day, the statements, and what it means to us as Catholics living in the real world with Bill Schmidt. He's been with us before. He's a multimedia consultant. He's an author. He's a podcaster and a blogger and very interested in what the church teaches on media. And we'll dive into that a little bit more deeply when he joins us at about uh, 39 minutes past the hour. So continuing our Fact Check Friday, more or less. So this is really important for all of us, whether you have any connection to the media directly doesn't matter we all are connected in a very big way in terms of the way de- the way the media impact us i don't think i have to explain too much about that because we're dealing with that constantly all right that's a program for a friday do hope you're doing well on this beautiful friday morning You are listening to Catholic Connection, a co-production of EWTN and Ave Maria Radio. Oh, and don't forget that interview that I did with Sister Angela is posted on EWTN's Facebook page now, and I also have it at my Facebook page as well. All right, let's check the news. It's six minutes past the hour. Pope Francis urging Europeans today to reflect on what they treasure and whether they consider children to be the valuable gift they are. Speaking at the General State of the Birth Rate event in Rome today, the Holy Father is saying there is a phrase from the gospel that can help anyone, even those who do not believe, to guide their choices. He said, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart also be. He asks, where is our treasure, the treasure of our society, in children or in money? What draws us, family or revenue? As Catholic News Agency explains, a live-streamed event held in the Conciliazione Auditorium Close to the Vatican, including presentations from company executives, journalists, actors, athletes, and Italian political leaders reflecting on the problem of Italy's very low birth rate, so low that it's one of the absolute lowest in Europe. Meanwhile, the Pope has written the preface to a book exploring the theology of consecrated life. The book hits the stores today, and as Devin Watkins with Vatican News explains, the Holy Father is saying the Church is at her most beautiful when she values the three stages of life, The single married and consecrated.
3: Like salt and yeast, notes for a theology of the consecrated life of the church hits the bookshelves of the Vatican Publishing House on Friday and bears a preface by Pope Francis. The book was written by two Italian Franciscan priests who seek to take stock of the church's teaching on a range of topics related to the consecrated life. In his preface for the new book, Pope Francis begins by laying out why the church can be considered beautiful. The church is beautiful because she is loved by her bridegroom and lord, he says, and the love of the bridegroom has made her fruitful, beautiful, and happy. Launching into the topic of consecrated life, the Pope points out that the church has always been composed of three states of life, the single life, married life, and consecrated life. He adds that these are not three separate compartments in constant competition or even three islands in a vast ocean. The holy people of God discern well, he says, when within itself it can count three brothers or even three splendid creatures who support each other and give themselves to each other in order to help the other grow. Pope Francis goes on to note that throughout the church's history, one or another of the three states of life has been held up as the best, offering a guaranteed path to holiness.
2: In other news this morning, Hamas sending a heavy barrage of rockets deep into Israel and Israel returning the fire with more airstrikes, calling up 9,000 more reservists. The relentless escalation of hostilities comes as Egyptian negotiators intensify mediation efforts. Two people are trapped after a dam explosion in northeastern Oklahoma. Justin Alberti is a spokesperson for the Grand River Dam. He explains the situation.
4: The scene has been pretty dynamic, she might she might understand. So right now the priority is to is to get over to these to where these two
2: men are located. The men were doing routine work on the Kerr Dam last night when the blast happened. Officials say a third worker also at the site but was able to escape. Crew is working to free the two contractors who are trapped about eighty feet below the top of that dam. New York's Governor Andrew Cuomo commenting on Harrisman and his comments on Harrisman are not sitting well with one of his accusers. Charlotte Bennett on Twitter saying Cuomo broke the law when he propositioned her. She adds the issue is about actions, not about her feelings. The response comes after Cuomo yesterday said making someone feel uncomfortable doesn't actually equal harassment, and that he doesn't think he said or did anything wrong. There's an ongoing investigation into multiple claims of sexual harassment against the Democratic governor. And although the Colonial Pipeline is back up and running, the impact of the restart won't be felt in many places, according to reporter Tom Yamas, well, for several days.
4: Now, the Colonial Pipeline is servicing all of its markets. But President Biden, warning, will not feel the effects uh, at the pump immediately. This is not like flicking on a light switch.
2: And when drivers are able to fill up, it is taking more of a toll on their wallets. AAA saying today's national average for a gallon of regular unleaded gas, now up to $3.03. Well, by the end of the day, Congresswoman Elise Stefani could be the third highest-ranking Republican in the House. She's seeking the GOP conference chair seat that used to belong to Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney before she was removed earlier this week after repeatedly speaking out against former President Donald Trump. Stefanik is facing a challenge for the position from Texas Congresswoman, or Congressman Chip Roy, who announced his candidacy yesterday. Stefanik saying earlier this week she has more than enough votes to win. The CDC says that fully vaccinated Americans, as Michael Kastner reports, do not have to wear masks indoors or outside, but that private businesses can still require them.
5: The CDC gave a green light Thursday to people who are fully vaccinated after slowing relaxing its mass mandate since vaccines started rolling across the country in March. Private companies, including airlines, can continue to require masks due to the challenges of determining who is fully vaccinated. The TSA has already said its mask mandate for public transportation will remain in place until September.
2: Florida's governor will pardon those who've been charged with violating COVID safety measures.
4: Uh, we'll issue uh, pardons not only for Mike and Jillian, but for any Floridian uh, that may have uh, outstanding infractions for things like masks and social distancing.
2: That's Governor Ron DeSantis announcing on Fox News he plans to meet with the Clemency Board in coming weeks to shield Floridians from what he called local government overreach. DeSantis saying matters related to health should be advisory and not result in criminal penalties. One of the nation's largest teachers' union, as Rory Renil tells us, is calling for a return to normal in classrooms this fall.
5: Full-time, in-person learning, five days a week. That's the objective for the nation's second largest teachers' union, the American Federation of Teachers. President Randy Weingarten said nothing should stand in the way of fully reopening public schools this fall and keeping them open. The NEA, the nation's largest teachers' union, responded by saying it supports in-person instruction this fall, but wouldn't commit to five days a week just yet.
2: And a group of Senate Republicans, including Florida's Marco Rubio, now saying it's time to end the government's $300 a week supplemental unemployment benefit.
5: We had a pandemic. We didn't let people open up. You couldn't find a job even if you wanted to. So people had to live, and probably for an indeterminate period of time, and therefore we had this enhanced benefit. But now we have jobs available.
2: The supplemental benefits are not scheduled to end until Labor Day. The Republicans' bill would end them in June. They say it's like the government is paying people not to look for work. Meanwhile, Tom Roberts wrapping up our newscast today at 13 minutes past the hour, explaining McDonald's is now raising hourly wages by 10 percent as the fast food chain is moving to hire 10,000 workers across the country.
5: Entry-level employees at company-owned locations will make around $11 to $17 per hour, and shift managers can make up to $20 an hour. McDonald's says the move is a response to the challenging hiring environment as more people are reluctant to go back to work following the coronavirus pandemic. McDonald's expects the average wage for employees will be $15 per hour by 2024.
2: It's Friday. It's Catholic Connection. Every Friday we check in with our Chief Operating Officer and President Doug Keck from EWTN giving us an update on all the great programming. He is standing by. We'll be right back.
4: Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you are automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This program brought to you in part by the nonprofit Angelicum Academy.
0: This is Father Joseph Fessio. I have an important message for all you homeschooling families. You can get an outstanding and fully accredited Catholic College education and save $100,000. To learn how, go to angelicum.net. That's angelicum.net. Earn 75 college credits and an associate's degree in high school for just $3,500 a year. And earn your BA degree just one year later at age 19. Check this out at angelicum.net.
4: Location, location, relocation. Studies show more than a third of college students transfer, and half of those do it more than once. It reminds us of St. Augustine's quote, Our souls are restless until they rest in Thee. At Ave Maria University, we challenge this group to visit us, stroll down our palm tree paths, spike a shot on our sand volleyball court, or partake in an outdoor devotion. There's a reason when students visit Ave Maria, they tend to stay. Ave Maria University, your relocation destination. Visit AveMaria.edu. People ask
0: how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at (laughs) visitingangels.com.
2: 16 minutes past the hour, so appreciate the time Doug Keg spends with us every week. He is our president and chief operating officer and gives us an update on all the great program, giving you an idea of what's coming up so you can, you know, plan your day and see what you want to record or or watch online or watch, you know, on live television, whatever you want to do. Doug, thank you for the opportunity to do that Facebook Live event with Sister Angela. She's fascinating.
5: Oh, it was our pleasure. Thank you so much for stepping in and and doing that for us. They had asked us whether we would do something like that and we said well what are you thinking and they said well maybe Teresa could do it and we said that sounds great for us and uh, we're always happy to do it obviously EWTN is a a big supporter and promoter of Fatima
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. we're just uh,
5: running a ton of programming that we've created over the years on Fatima including our uh, multi-part docudrama which uh, basically allowed you to see each one of the apparitions exactly as they occurred in the words of Our Lady exactly as the children reported them so we're, we're big supporters of Fatima
2: yeah, I think the interview is still up there on Facebook, too, if people want to watch yes, it. Yes, it is. Yeah, Right. I know yeah. it was
5: as of last night. Yes.
2: Yes, yes. It's, it's She was just, as I was telling you during the break, She Sister Angela is very, she's a medical doctor. She's a head of formation for her, her religious order, which is all about spreading the message of Fatima. But she's very down to earth. I mean, she's able to explain, A first question I asked her was, what is a postulator? What does that mean? And she was able right. to explain it in a way that we can all understand, you know, not over right. anybody's head.
5: So I'm surprised. You mean some woman of science, like this, and great learning believes in this poppycock of Fatima can you and these miraculous it? things of the Catholic Church promotes with Our Lady?
2: What's Isn't this world amazing? coming to?
5: That's right. Isn't that <laughs> right? amazing? Hmm?
2: Go figure, as That's my mother right. Rosa used to say. A-
5: absolutely. Yeah. No, so true. lots
2: of great programming I can imagine on Fatima then this weekend or beyond.
5: Well, basically, we've been running uh, Fatima throughout the week, obviously, with uh, the 13th just occurring. And uh, so there's still some more. You can go to EW10.com. We've also got a beatification of the Salvatorian founder, Francis Mary of the Cross, Jordan. Coming up this weekend. People can check that out live from uh, St. John Lateran in Rome, a place I'm sure you're quite familiar with. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've also got a very special new movie as part of our Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Network of Freedom, an inspiring film about the heroic work of Sister Helene Studler. She saved thousands of French refugees lives by organizing an amazing underground network of freedom in Nazi-occupied territory during World War II under probably the Vichy regime, and, mm. uh, and a lot of those were, were Jewish children and Jewish families. So, again, uh, a wonderful story of a wonderful sister we're happy to promote. We've got the Holy Rosary to end the pandemic uh, going on, and on May 17th it'll be from the Basilica, so that that's uh, coming up this, this week. And uh, we've got some pro-life programming, including You Are Not Alone, the pro-life movement in a canceled culture. That's coming up next Tuesday featuring Kristen Hawkins, I'm sure is a good friend of yours. Mm -hmm. And it's hosted by uh, Kevin Dunn, who uh, does such great work for us up in Canada. So, uh, you know, just some of the programming coming up uh, in the next uh, period of time. We also have had the Canadian March for Life special. That Kevin Dunn and his team is putting together as well which is going to be airing next Thursday so again check out EW10.com and as you mentioned Teresa so nicely of course we have so much of our programming is on demand or on our YouTube channel so uh, just do a search there and you'll find tons of programming that we have had put out there over the last 10 years plus we've got 25,000 or more programs available online basically for free uh, and now we have the ability for you to, through a religious catalog, be able to rent and or purchase uh, via download as well. So you can check that out. And the prices are cheaper than DVDs, so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a win-win.
2: Have you done, I'm sure you have, but in, in terms of the availability of everything you have online now, in terms of how does that compare, let's say, to even five, ten years ago, I'm sure that interest continues to grow.
5: Oh absolutely we all know that uh, the whole over the top OTT services and you know related to versus cable versus traditional what's called traditional now cable TV and satellite TV and kind of linear broadcasting I think what we try to do is is do a, a composite of both so mm-hmm. we have the linear broadcast for those who are more comfortable then we have more and more stuff that is on demand that you can find yourself and of course it, there's a crossover anyway cuz more and more people by getting a internet service that goes to her smart tv they're basically watching the internet on their television just like they used to watch it off the satellite and as an old boss of mine chuck dolan who started hbo years ago said people don't really care how the signal gets into their television set as long as it's there right and so in a lot of ways as much as it sounds like oh well this is new and it's different a lot of people are then watching it on their larger screen anyway but it's just coming over the internet
2: yeah, it, it is incredible though. When you and I started out in in broadcasting, you know, we won't say how long ago. <laughs>
5: was that, the, the, I, that? I was, that was still the, editing
2: that, when I started. I was still editing. Set or yes, exactly right. I was still doing. Remember, reel to reel
5: Oh, absolutely sure. I was You're doing talking,
2: my newscast when yeah, I when yeah, I first quarter started. Quarter inch tape, sure. Yep.
5: Seven and a half or yep. fifteen ips, whatever. Oh my
2: goodness! Oh <laughs> my goodness! Take out back, the razor right? blade. I used to do editing with the white pencil and the razor blade for audio bites every half hour in my newscast when I was. Those were the days
5: when they first went to quad uh, two inch machines. They were that was used to be edited. I remember working on a commercial uh, where the guy working on it was editing it with a razor blade, (laughs) and this was a video edit before uh, it got so popular to do uh, you know electronic editing.
2: Yeah, memories. I I just think Mm -hmm. about the advantage that we have and why it's so important for us to be there. In Catholic media with quality uh, programming that we do on so many different platforms. Go ahead.
5: I'm sorry. No, and the fact, I think, I'm sorry, I just wanted to say this because you brought it up, but the idea, and technology is such a way that everybody can do something now. You know what I mean? People can create... Uh, videos of what's happening in their parish, what the procession, things like that, put it up on the web, their Catholic experience from around the world, and to reinforce the positive aspects of our faith and also reinforce the fact that we're not alone, which is, is the biggest thing, I think, in so many cases with the cancel culture we're in, is everybody thinks that somehow I'm the only nut. Well, the reality is they're the nuts. Mm-hmm. The, the rest of us are actually pretty sane, but you would never know it by what the media tells us.
2: Right. One of the points the uh, World Communications Day statement makes this year, which is, which is so important to me, and I think it exemplifies what we're doing, is the idea, Pope Francis says, of really going to where things are, and that's what mm-hmm. you do so well at EW10 because, and we do both in radio and TV, because, for example, for Fatima, you go to Fatima, you go to these places, and, and you're connected to bureaus or, or other right. affiliates there that can help us take people right to the streets where it's at so they can encounter it.
5: Absolutely, and that's the thing. We take the audience to the location, and we so we allow you to visit it without necessarily having to go and visit it. And bring in more and more events. From we just set our equipment up as I mentioned last week in Knock. So the event that came from Knock that was done on equipment EW10 installed with uh, the Shrine and ongoing. There'll be more events from Knock. Uh, and other locations around the world that we have relationships with and we're building relationships because again as the shrines whether it be in Lourdes or in Fatima see that by promoting and us putting it out there more and more more and more people become aware of the shrine and ultimately when as the pandemic uh, recedes more and more people will probably want to go and visit the shrine so it's yeah. kind of a positive aspect for the shrine uh, and also for, for what the message of that particular apparition was.
2: All right, and also I think it—it it just really I think encourages people to—to to get out again, as you mentioned, to see the beautiful sites around the world dedicated to our faith. Sister Angela said in the interview yesterday that they are allowing just under ten thousand people there now, Doug, for the processions. They have a nightly, as you know, they have nightly well, processions mm-hmm. with the rosary. But normally they have a hundred thousand plus every night. So, a- but it's absolutely. coming back slowly. Yeah.
5: Right. And I and I think what we're seeing positively is that as it opens up, the people show up, and the people are still there. And it's again, this whole idea that uh, the 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 faith is amazing. Obviously, the you know people who you think well, they you know they're probably falling No, people are back. They they love our Lady. They they love their faith. They want to get back to mass. They want to get the Eucharist. And uh, and it's supernatural because it is. I can't explain it.
2: Yep. We're there to share it with people. Doug, thanks. Have a blessed weekend. Talk to you, you next too. Friday. Doug Keck, Chief Operating Officer and President, giving us the inside word. Great programming. A lot of it dedicated, obviously, to Our Lady this month and this weekend. Check it out at EWTN.com. We'll be right back.
3: Would you like to help with the pro-life cause? Earth Choice Dallas, a pro-life apostolate that serves the needs of women, men, and families in the Dallas area, is looking for a number of reliable and committed volunteer receptionists. As a receptionist, you could be the first sign of hope for a client experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. If you are interested in helping to build a culture of life, this is a great opportunity. Sign up for a May time slot by calling today at 214-631-2402.
1: Are you looking for a place to get your work done? Work Suites provides full service offices, meeting rooms, and co working spaces for professionals seeking privacy and productivity. The suites come furnished, wired, and move in ready. Work Suites is a new sponsor of KATH 910 AM and is owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. Flip invites you to call 888 312 work or visit worksuites.com to see if Work Suites fits your business needs. That's work, S-U-I-T-E-S, dot com.
6: All KTH 910 AM listeners are invited to an evening at a speakeasy. Vera Aqua Vera Vita is hosting their third annual fundraiser on Thursday, May 20th at 7 p.m. The event will be held virtually via Zoom and social media. Funds raised will go towards providing our brothers and sisters in Peru and around the world with access to clean water and improved sanitation. The event includes an online auction, a wine pole, and a jazz performance by Dave Washburn. For more information and to register, visit VeraAquaVeraVita.org.
2: May 14, 2021. May 16th is World Communications Day. Welcome back. Catholic Connection of Friday morning. Teresa Tomio with you. Message of His Holiness, Pope Francis to the 2021 World Communications Day. Come and see, based on John 146, communicating by encountering people where and as they are. There's a concept for you. All right. This is a beautiful statement. And again, I want to encourage you very strongly and lovingly If you have not gotten into the habit over the years of reading church documents, it's something really, really great to do because it shows us just how exciting and beautiful our faith is in even more detail, but also how these writings that come from Rome are for us, every single Catholic in our everyday lives, so we can be, as I say in my book, Go Beyond Sunday and be a 24-7 Catholic. All right, so just a little bit about this uh, Road Communications Day statement and why it means so much to me. And then we'll continue the conversation with media consultant William Schmidt from Holy Cross College after the break. The Pope says, Dear brothers and sisters, the invitation to come and see, which was part of those first moving encounters of Jesus with the disciples, is also the method for all authentic human communication. In order to tell the truth of life that becomes history, it is necessary to move beyond the complacent attitude that we already know certain things. Instead, we need to go and see them for ourselves, to spend time with people, to listen to their stories, and to confront reality, which always in some way surprises us. Now, just that paragraph alone, I could write six books on based on what I experienced in the secular media, especially toward the end of my news media career. It was very, very frustrating and, and just heartbreaking, actually, because I loved reporting. I still love reporting. I do it differently now for Catholic Radio, but I'm still a reporter. When you are trying to tell a story and you want to do the best you can and go out there and see what's happening, and then when you have management consistently telling you, no, here's your story, we're going to send you out there, and you're going to create the reality around what we say versus, okay, here's a situation we want you to investigate, and then you tell us what's happening, which is the way it should go. But one of the experiences that really, um, that this document really brought back for me, was a very, very upsetting experience that happened toward the end of my career in TV news, and it was around Christmas time, and this is in the late 1990s, and I was sent to cover the annual press conference of the local chapter in Metro Detroit of Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and they do a very powerful campaign around the holidays called the Red Ribbon Campaign, where they encourage drivers to drive a red ribbon or tie a red ribbon or a bow somewhere on their car to send the message about the dangers of being intoxicated or impacted by drugs when you step behind the wheel. Now, normally those press conferences are held, let's say, at a police station, a sheriff's office, or maybe somewhere along a freeway, you know, connected to, obviously, the roads for a backdrop. But for whatever reason, this one this time was being held at a local mall, a very high-end mall in suburban Detroit, a very nice location, which was already all decorated for Christmas. And so the station assumed, right, had a complacent attitude that they already knew what was going on. They didn't want it at a mall because they didn't want to give free advertising to a mall, as opposed to saying, well, find out why it's at the mall. This is kind of odd. So they insisted before I head out the doors, they were handing me the assignment that, no, you must, you must, you must take it out of the mall. And I said, well, why don't we find out when I go to the press conference why they're having it there? There may be a good reason, and maybe that'll be a good part of the story. So the banter, you know, as we always do, went back and forth. And it was uh, frustrating, but I got in the truck, and we went to the location. Well, lo and behold, one of the reasons they were holding it at the mall had to do with one of those making a statement. He was a relatively new member of Mothers Against Drunk Driving. He had lost his daughter in a horrible drunk driving accident um, about, I think, uh, was it a couple months before the actual press conference? The dates are eluding me, but I have great detail on this story in my very first book, Noise, if you're interested in more information. And so the local sheriff gets up to speak, and I think there was a retailer that was donating some money to the cause, which may have been the reason they had it in the mall. I'm not particularly sure, but all I remember is when the father got up to speak, it was just really profound, and I said, Aha, that's the reason for the mall, and that's why it's going to be an even more personal story, a more personal encounter with this family that was affected by drunk driving, by being able to do the story here. What happened was, a year earlier, his daughter, who was killed in a drunk driving accident, he was walking through the mall at Christmas time. They were holding hands. They were enjoying shopping for their Christmas gifts. They were looking at all the beautiful decorations. And he starts out his statement at this press conference. It was just a year ago that I was at this very mall with my daughter, beginning to celebrate the holiday season. Little did I know it would be one of the last experiences I would have with her. And then he went in to explain what happened to her. So after the press conference, I pulled him aside and did a one-on-one interview with him, and I asked him to take part in a live shot, and he said, absolutely, thank you so much, and he was very gracious. And so I called back to the station, and the people were still milling around after the press conference at this particular store, and I called back to the newsroom and told him, I said, look, I said, there's a really good reason for this location. I think it will be very moving I said, I'd like to open, out, open up with the father's statement in the package, which is the insert that the reporter would toss to you from the field, and then we'll talk a little bit more about you know the issue of uh, drunk driving and the concerns over the holidays. So the news director gets on the phone and says, absolutely not. You are to take it out of the mall, as we insisted, and you are to take him over to the original scene of the accident, and we want you to do your best to make him cry live on the air. Those were their exact words, make him cry on the air. Okay, so my Italian went a little bit through the roof, and I walked away from the press conference because I didn't want the people to hear me screaming at my news director, basically. I didn't scream. I just told him very firmly. I said, I'm sorry. Uh, That's extremely sensational. That's unfair. That's cruel, and I'm not going to do it. I said, this is a powerful story, and not to mention the fact that we really didn't have a lot of time because it was already like 1030 to get over and to set up and the feedback, you know, the, all the information for noon, but I said the main reason I want to be here is because this does tell a beautiful story. Ended up after doing that story, the father was so appreciative that he gave me uh, some very personal home video of his daughter Ashley, the one who was killed in the accident, allowing me to use it later on in the day for another story that I was able to do because of the uh, the time that I spent with him and the fact that we honored what he was trying to say at that press conference. But yet this ongoing problem with the media, unwilling to move beyond their, quote-unquote, as a pope says, complacent attitude that they think they already know certain things. They do this time and time again, and this isn't just now, post-COVID, with a lot of reporters stuck at home, and some of it is, is they can't go to the scenes or whatever they're being told they can't, but this was occurring years before our current situation with technology, where the media had these biases built in and they think they know better than everybody else and they're not creative enough to allow the reporters or to allow their teams to really check it out. Hitting the streets, that's paragraph number two that the Pope talks about here. Insightful voices have long expressed concern about the risk that original investigative reporting and newspaper, TV, radio, and web newscasts is being replaced by a type of reporting that adheres to a standard, often tendentious narrative. This approach is less and less capable of grasping the truth of things and the concrete lives of people, much less a more serious social phenomena or positive movements at the grassroots level. Personal experience, personal encounter in everyday life, and especially hitting the streets with evangelization and our faith. More on this coming up, continuing our Fact Check Friday on a Friday. 36 minutes past the hour.
1: The 38th Annual Gravesite Memorial Service for Aborted Babies, buried at Calvary Hill Cemetery, will be on Sunday, May 30th at 2.30 p.m. Bishop Greg Kelly, Auxiliary Bishop of Dallas, will be presiding and will give a blessing of mothers and children as part of the service. Calvary Hill Cemetery is located in Dallas on the north side of Lombardi Lane. Everyone is encouraged to bring flowers for the gravesite. For more information, please call Laura Weston at 214-358-0694.
6: Are you a healthcare professional who wants to learn more about fertility awareness, restorative reproductive medicine, and the Billings Ovulation Method? Are you in need of continuing education credit? BOMA USA, the Billings Ovulation Method Association, is a new sponsor of KTH 910AM. They've created online training specifically for healthcare professionals or experienced fertility awareness teachers. Visit boma-usa.org and click on Health Professionals at the top of the page. This is your gateway to a whole new learning experience.
1: Discover intimacy in your marriage during a three-day retreat at Mary Immaculate Catholic Church in Farmer's Branch this June 11th, 12th, and 13th. Dan and Stephanie Burke delve into the roles of a husband and wife in the unity of marriage. This retreat is for married couples seeking to encounter God and to grow closer to each other as one. Join them for a powerful weekend to discover the values and strengths of the beautiful sacrament of your marriage. Register today by visiting spiritualdirection.com slash events. Hello, Catholic Life Insurance is a family-focused company that offers life insurance and retirement benefit plans. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio on KATH 910 AM. To learn more about Catholic Life Insurance, you can contact Larry Linson or David Walker in our Dallas office at 972-484-3000. Again, 972-484-3000. We look forward to hearing from you.
2: Continuing our Fact Check Friday, talking about the media and the World Communications Day statements that come out every year. There are great nuggets to read about the influence of media in our lives and how do we as Catholics deal with the media. Message of His Holiness, Pope Francis, to the 2021 World Communications Day statement, Come and See, based on John 146, Communicating by Encountering People where." and as they are. On the phone with us to continue the discussion, Bill Schmidt. He's an adjunct professor from Holy Cross College. He's a blogger, a podcaster, and writes for various justice and papers. And, Bill, I know with your interest in media that this one hit home for you as well. Good morning. Thanks for joining us.
7: Oh, thank you very much, Teresa. It's a pleasure. And you're right. I've gotten uh, quite uh, hooked on the uh, the, uh, annual doses of wisdom from Pope Francis. Uh, I got uh, especially... uh, Attentive When in 2018, I learned that he was actually speaking about things like fake news. And it seemed to me that, well, at least here's one world leader who's actually talking about the role of communications in a lot of the, uh, the sad trends that we're seeing in society at large. And, uh, it, and it certainly has continued to pace.
2: These World Communications Day statements go back to Vatican II, and they come out every year, and yet it's sometimes, I mean, you and I obviously have a, have a big interest in this because of our backgrounds and our, our love of media and, and, and the importance yeah. of media, but they're, they're, they're so available to everybody, and they're written for everyone. They're not just written for church leaders, or they're not just written for Catholics. The church is universal, and we believe what we believe for everyone to be true. So let's talk about yeah. how important it is to tap into these documents first of all.
7: Oh, thank you. yes. Uh, no, in, in just about every message, uh, the Pope is uh, wise to, uh, to make it a balanced appeal to both the uh, producers of news, producers of uh, journalism, and the consumers. Both, uh, he says, uh, uh, bear a real responsibility. Uh, uh, certainly the gatekeeping response, the gatekeeping role, uh, the journalists played a lot more active. Uh, actively, when, when we were actively involved, mm-hmm. uh, in the secular media, that seems to have been abandoned and, uh, uh replaced with, uh, a pretty, um, uh, kind of, uh, lazy and, uh, short attention span and label oriented, stereotyping oriented approach to, uh, uh, to news. And, uh, it's, uh, it's really made a difference, uh, in what we've, uh, what we've been seeing.
2: Yeah, this first paragraph, I was telling you during the break, I could write another book about it with the experiences I had. In order to tell the truth of life that becomes history, it is necessary to move beyond the complacent attitude that we already know certain things. Now, that one line describes the media really in a nutshell. If you think about how they assume so much about so many people and places and refuse to go out and actually check it out.
7: No, that's right. They're basically uh, following um, uh, the trend of uh, confirmation Bias both in their own, uh, practices and then just feeding that same sad trend, uh, among the consumers of what they're writing. Uh, we, we actually have to play, uh, a large role in, uh, reaching out to other sources of information and getting the other side of the story. Of course, journalists first and foremost, and that's even in this SBJ, uh, um, uh, code of ethics. Uh, Everybody should be seeking other voices, and uh, Pope Francis is very wise to say that.
2: We're chatting with Bill Schmidt, adjunct professor at Holy Cross College, blogger, podcaster, and writer with a lot of media background, so we uh, connected on this. Uh, he reached out to me a couple of years ago, and he's been, uh, he's been on the show before. I have to have him on more often. Uh, Bill, one of the things you mentioned was SPJ, that's Society of Professional Journalists. I, I was in it for many years. I was uh, the chapter president at my university. I was also an active member f- professionally in the radio and television news directors association ah, you mentioned their yes. code of ethics rtnda also has a similar code of ethics and yet they violate it consistently they still have it on their websites i think they should take them down because they just they have just gotten away from all of it
7: i know yeah there's a, a real contradiction and you know the uh, the code of ethics has four uh, the uh, spj mm-hmm. code has four particular Uh, Principles, right? And when you look at them today, you 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 know it breaks your heart a little bit that so many journalists aren't even paying attention to the to the basic principles. uh, First and foremost, being uh, seek the truth and report it.
2: What
7: a concept! (laughs) Right? (laughs) Exactly. It seems it seems like a very logical thing, and almost a uh, uh, you know uh, almost a vocation. Uh, kind of uh, service to mankind and to the church and to to the body of Christ uh, to be uh, uh, offering truth when Jesus is the way, the truth and the life
2: Yeah, this document is really beautiful going uh, past the segment of hitting the streets which I mentioned earlier which was great and then the gospel as news stories I love this come and see were the first words that Jesus spoke to the disciples who were curious about him following his baptism in the Jordan River based on John 139 he invited them, the Pope says, to enter into relationship with him. More than half a century later, when John, now an old man, wrote his gospel, he recalled several, quote-unquote, newsworthy details that reveal that he was personally present at the events he reports and demonstrates the impact that the experiences had on his life. It was about the 10th hour, he noted, that is about 4 in the afternoon the next day. John also tells us, and I love this, Philip told Nathaniel about his encounter with the Messiah. His friend is skeptical and asks, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip does not try to win him over with good reasons, but simply tells him, come and see. Nathaniel did go and see, and from that moment, his life was changed. Now, if if we put this in the context of the media, right? The media have this attitude about particular people. We don't have to get into the details. We can pick a number of different groups. But their attitude is, can anything good come out of blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah? And so yeah. Philip doesn't try to win him over, but just says, come and see. Well, that should be the, the reporter's attitude to the news director when they're saying, oh, well, this is just going to be another whatever. And like I used to always say to my news directors, well, let me, wh- why don't you let me go and see what's happening here before we assume something?
7: Right, right. It, uh, journalists considered it a uh, professional responsibility to uh, get uh, not just the two sides uh, of the story, but as you mentioned in the past, uh, realize that many, many stories are multi-dimensional, and you're not really telling the full, uh, truth in a way that really empowers the reader or the viewer, uh, unless you go out and seek that. It's so easy nowadays, I guess, especially with, uh, many things going on, like the trend towards uh, advocacy and, uh, the, uh, shortened, the short-staffed newsroom where mm-hmm. people have to turn out numerous stories a day. Uh, it's so easy for these uh, journalists uh, to stay in front of their computer and just turn out stories that mimic um, uh, talking points, advocacy points, and uh, it's uh, it's really not fulfilling uh, their role, and especially when they take it one step further and start demonizing or oversimplifying uh, people who differ with those talking points, then they're really creating a... a, a they run the risk of potentially... Uh, uh, creating polarization and a kind of toxic atmosphere of information.
2: Yeah, even even before COVID this was going on. I mean, I experienced it as I mentioned at the bottom of the hour, but I have a, some friends of mine who still work in the secular media and one of whom is a, an investigative print reporter actually, an award-winning guy, great guy, and he says he has so many problems with younger people in the newsroom. Well, he'll go to an actual event, for example, he'll go to a press conference, talk to the sources, pull them aside, and the the other ones will be back in the newsroom watching it live on facebook and then they'll oh be saying well, where are you getting all this information and get me this quote and that quote and his response is no get yourself in a car and come down here with your notebook and do your job but actually having to tell that to people who are employed by the same publication which is a fairly large newspaper in the midwest but this is the state of things right now in the media unfortunately
7: yeah yeah no that that uh, that should be uh, journalism 101 that uh, You check out uh, your sources, and you immediately recognize that uh, one point of view, one voice, is just simply not enough to understand the complexities of any story.
2: So what should we be doing with these? I encourage people to, to, if you're concerned, and I know everybody has a vested interest in the media because it's so dominant in our lives, and especially parents, in terms of their concerns uh, for the media and how it influences young people, what can we do with these these World Communications Day statements? Because I think they're great. I think they should be, you know, I'm old school, I like to print things up and, and read them over, but to really, you know, uh, preview it and read it and then ponder it, correct?
7: Uh, very much so, yes. It's uh, it's uh, our Catholic responsibility to uh, make the extra effort uh, along the lines of what Bo Francis has talked about uh, seeking encounters, uh, accompanying people, listening to more stories. Uh, we, we, yeah, we have to go way beyond uh, the, uh, the comfortable nature of social media where our communities are not really inclusive communities. They're exclusive communities where the algorithms just uh, try to uh, feed us with what we expect and then uh, to get us enraged uh, so that we get engaged and, uh, you know, spend more time on uh, the social media platform. But we should be spending more time caring about our fellow human beings and also caring about the truth, because only then can we have conversations that really solve
2: problems. Yeah, yeah. And I just think these documents are so helpful to us, and and I don't think enough of them take advantage of these, of, enough of us take advantage of the documents to really read and see what the Church has to say.
7: I, I think that uh, the problem there is that... Uh, when these more specialized or, you know, non-encyclical level documents come out, so many uh, 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 secular journalists and even Catholic journalists uh, tend to think that, uh, you know, uh, uh, a message about communications is a bit esoteric and the general audience is not going to care about it. But it's absolutely wrong. As you say, people have... They're losing trust in journalism. They're dying to get more information and uh, a sense of fair information, and uh, this is the way to do it, to, uh, to spread uh, Pope Francis' good advice about such things.
2: Yeah, and, and some of the other documents from Benedict and from John Paul II, uh, there was one of my favorites, I think it was, was it the 1994 uh, World Communications Day statement that John Paul II wrote about... um The Media, The Risk and a Richness, I don't know if that's the correct date, but then that one was one of my favorites. I know that's the title of it because it's one of my favorites, uh, A Risk and a Richness, where he goes into the risk that faces us, but the richness that we have and in, in having all of this at our fingertips. But in terms of in, encouraging, um, you know, more parental involvement in and in family involvement in discerning the media, encouraging producers and, and different people in the media at different levels to work with the community, I mean, it's just a, a brilliant summary, and it's very practical. I mean, this isn't something, as you said, that's so esoteric and over our heads and doesn't mean anything, and I think we forget sometimes... That that Jesus, you know, the the founder of the church on the rock, Saint Peter, gave us, you know, the church to help us guide us in everyday things.
7: Yes, yes, yeah. It's not esoteric. It's really at the center of our uh, informing our consciences and becoming involved in a, a meaningful way with the uh, with the uh, uh, what the public square uh, and and with uh, civic life. Uh, the Lord certainly wants us to bring out faith. Uh, to uh, every aspect of of life, and uh, to the degree that we kind of just, uh, you know, uh, sloppily uh, uh, go along with uh, what uh, what the uh, uh, talking points and advocates are spreading, uh, it's uh, it's a sad waste of time. It's also a sad waste of the internet because even if right. we can't uh, if we can't uh, make a first pers- person in person contact with the rest of the world or with people on the margins in various ways, at least we should uh, proactively use the internet to find out other sides of the story. The journalists should be doing that course to a large degree, but it also pays for us to say, gee, that sounds a little bit odd, or Mm -hmm. there must be a better way to bring Catholic values into this uh, story. Right now, it seems kind of toxic. What can I do to find out more and maybe spread conversations that uh, offer these these other more hopeful sides of the story.
2: Yep, when in doubt, check it out. We used to believe in that in, in the press. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Bill, great discussion. Thank you so much. Where do we find you online?
7: Oh, well, I'm at uh, onward.net. That's O-N-W-O-R-D. I'm blogging about Catholic values in media and uh, also trying to uh, uh, blog and podcast on, on, on such matters. So uh, please uh, just Google me
2: all right bill thanks so much bill schmidt adjunct professor also at holy cross college is your herd blogger and podcaster discussing with yours truly the 2021 world communications day statement and it's available you can just do a google search very easy Uh, just put world communications day statement 2021 we'll have a link to it at the archive section this year it's come and see communicating by encountering people where and as they are we'll be right back on a friday morning it's 53 minutes past the hour
4: Nestled under the warm Florida sun is a university whose name indicates a vocational call. Ave Maria, Latin for Hail Mary, recalls the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary of her future vocation, becoming the mother of God. Enriched by God's grace, Mary freely ascends to this call. This is the model for all students. Come to Ave Maria University, where you'll be empowered to clearly see your vocational call, whatever that call might be. Ave Maria University, your vocation location. Visit AveMaria.edu. We are the pro-life generation, passionate about building the culture of life in our health care and in our nation. But not all health care options are equally pro-life, and some provide morally objectionable procedures. CMF Curo is different. CMF Curo is a pro-life Catholic health ministry, providing a pathway for its members to build the culture of life in their health care choices, not destroy it. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com.
0: More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com.
4: This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 10 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide and 5% of your monthly plan cost goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com.
2: Wishing you a beautiful weekend. It is 55 minutes past the hour. Don't forget to tune in continuously to EWTN and Ave Maria Radio. net and EWTN.com, bringing you... 24 7 great catholic radio programming coming up on monday speaking of great programming we have bishop highing from madison has a beautiful new book out from ignatius press and it's entitled love never fails i'm also looking forward to chatting with my friend steve ray picking up really on where we left off today in terms of media assuming things and bias well it's happening with what's going on in the middle east and steve will give us an update we'll talk to you on monday ciao ciao
1: been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit Ave AveMariaRadio.net. That's ave Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.
5: Faith, hope, charity. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
6: Claritas is a Catholic men's group that meets quarterly to celebrate our rich Catholic heritage. The evening starts with a whiskey tasting, cured meats, and cigars before an inspiring talk by an engaging Catholic speaker, dressed as coat and tie. Claritas' next gathering is Thursday, May 20th in downtown McKinney. If you know a committed Catholic man aged 18 and over that may be interested in attending, they can find out more information at the website claritas.page. That's claritas.page or email claritas1917 at gmail.com.
1: Little Angels Catholic Store in Capel offers a range of religious books, gifts, icons, and accessories for the spring season and is a proud sponsor of KTH 910 AM. They're located at 600 East Sandy Lake Road in Capel, right down the street from St. Anne Parish. They are open Monday through Saturday from 9 AM to 7 PM. For more information, you can reach them by calling 972-304-5200 or by visiting them online at littleangelscatholicstore.com.
5: Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.